It's coming back this fall, but are those COVID lockdowns absolutely necessary to keep you safe? Well, it depends on how you score on the ash conformity experiment. Who is this weirdo priest? And why did Pope Francis bless his headphones? Resistance is futile? Tell that to this no-name musician who just blew up the music charts worldwide. Plus, Cardinal Burke delivers a dire warning to Pope Francis. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I am Michael Matt. This is the Remnant Underground. Quick programming note. Next week, we will be coming to you directly and live from Louisiana from the Sacred Heart Rally. I'm very excited. So we won't be down here in the underground next week. Maybe some of you that live down there would like to join us in person. That's great. Just go to the newvonday.com website and check it all out. So paranoia. We're going to talk about paranoia tonight. Are we all paranoid? You know, is America really not that bad off? Is the world really not going to hell in a handbasket? We're just getting old. We're a bunch of old farts, you know, who can't handle the progress of the new world. Is that what's going on, or is it really just as bad as we all know it to be? Here's something, and this is odd, because it's just a snapshot, snapshot of the past, but it's kind of fun. And I wonder how many people in this audience, um, you know, maybe under the age of 40, can identify these three ladies from the late 1970s, these gals over here. What do you think? Homeschool moms, maybe? Maybe St. Mary's Kansas's book club, members of the... Holy Rosary Society? Nope, not quite. These three gals were hands down the hottest thing on TV back in 1976 when I was about 10 years old. Charlie's Angels. Check them out. Now, Catholic kids in my neighborhood, my mother, she would not have ever allowed us to watch Charlie's Angels, of course, because, well, the ladies were a little bit too hubba hubba, if you know what I mean. But look at them now. They're clearly and actually biological women, aren't they? They're women, which is nice. They're wearing gender-appropriate clothing, which is very nice. No tats, no piercings, no pink hair. And this was just 40 years ago. Now let's look at what's hot on TV today. Congratulations, ladies and gentlemen. You are not paranoid. Things are actually going insane uh, in this godless world of ours. We really are going to hell in a handbasket. You're just not supposed to notice, because if you do notice, well, you're probably a racist and certainly a hater. I think I may have well entered the twilight zone. We become a nation that has lost its collective mind. You can't justify this insanity. If a guy pretends to be a woman, you're required to pretend with him. People who've never owned slaves should pay slavery reparations to people who have never been slaves. People who have never been to college should pay the debts of college students who took out huge loans for their degrees. If you cheat to get into college, you go to prison, but if you cheat to get into the country, you go to college for free. People who say there is no such thing as gender are demanding a female president. And pointing out all this hypocrisy somehow makes us racist. Nothing makes sense anymore. No values, no morals, and no civility. We're clearly living in an upside-down world where right is wrong and wrong is right, where moral is immoral and immoral is moral, where good is evil and evil is good, where killing murderers is wrong but killing unborn babies is a-okay. Wake up, America. 
Now, clearly, you don't have to be a rad, trad Catholic or a bomb-throwing, Bible-thumping Protestant to see what's going on. Millions of people like this young lady we just showed you are faced with the cold, hard reality of godless insanity, and they can identify it for exactly what it is. But have no fear, friends. Have no fear. <laughs> I've got good news. I am the bearer of good news tonight. Another war is in the offing, world war. The abortion holocaust in full swing, child trafficking now eclipsing the drug trade, the total breakup of the family, the great apostasy, and Pope Francis. Why, well, he's got himself a brand new encyclical coming out. Pope Francis had not had any official meetings for days, but then he revealed the possible reason for these absences. Well, now that's a relief. Laudato Si Part 2. Isn't that great? Part two, yes. Yeah. You didn't have enough part one. Nope. I, I could never get enough of part one, so I'm really, really eager to see the sequel and to read it. It's going to be fantastic. Maybe even, maybe the Pope will will say that, you know, it's a mortal sin to drive gas-guzzling cars or something like that. I don't know. Did you see, by the way, Donald Trump just ripping into the EV phenomenon on Tucker the other night? Oh, it was quite good. Good stuff. Let's check it out, Walt. Who wants to not be able to use a gas stove? or have to drive an electric car, which, you know, you have a four-hour drive, but the car only goes an hour and a half, so you have to charge it. The happiest moment for somebody in an electric car is the first 10 minutes. In other words, you get it charged, and now for 10 minutes. The unhappiest part is the next hour, because you're petrified that you're not going to be fine to another charger. The Catholic Identity Conference now is the sponsor for tonight's show. Now, as I've been telling you, I'm going to be emceeing this thing. It's a three-day event, so if you do come out for it, we're going to have plenty of time to hang out during dinner and breaks and get to know each other personally, which is so important right now. Uh, big wig names, uh, Cardinal Gerhard Muller. I mean, what do you say? He's going to be, you know, we'll do a Zoom inter interview with him. Uh, Mark Hook will, will be there in person, as will, I mean, there's just too many people to list, but we have a couple of top-notch Vatican journalists. This is on the eve of the Synod. This is fantastic, including the veteran uh, Vatican reporter, Edward Penton, who's doing so much, much great work. Again, on the eve of the Synod. So it's going to be big. Uh, there's still a few seats left. So sign up right down here, CatholicIdentityConference.com. So let's get to it. I'm going to start off tonight with a question and a very serious question. What exactly happens when shepherds scandalize sheep? I mean, we know what happens when we, anybody, scandalize, scandalizes a child, right? I mean, according to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, it would be better that a millstone be hanged about their necks, right? <laughs> then they, they should be drowned in the sea. Then they just scandalize children, right? And one wonders when you look at the Vatican now and the, the preoccupation with globalist concerns and things about you know, climate change and all that, is anybody paying attention to what's happening to the kids, right? Because the kids are defecting. I just talked to a priest the other day who said he's actually... He's moving confirmation to an older, you know, a, a year, like instead of, instead of whatever, 10 years old, he's moving it up to 14 years old. And you know why? So that he can keep his young people in the church because most parents are going to see to it that the kids stay in church until confirmation, right? That's how bad it is. They're defecting on moss. We're losing our children, which means we're losing the future. So I want to ask you a question. What, what happens now when you, apparently, 
The shepherds care very little about what happens to children, to the innocence of children. They don't talk about sexuality anymore, premarital sex, anything like that. They don't talk about that, right? They can barely bring themselves to talk about abortion. And so I want to use this guy as an example. We're not going to talk World Youth Day. We talked about that last time. But I want to ask you if you recognize this guy, this guy from World Youth Day, Lisbon. Apparently he's a priest. At least he's always wearing his Roman collar. Now, he became an overnight sensation. What is he called? Padre DJ? Cool. Yeah, Padre DJ. Super cool. Uh, overnight sensation during COVID, during a lockdown, because Francis had him to the Vatican and blessed his headphones. Right? This, this Padre DJ. So now Padre DJ plays weekend events most ever since. Mostly they're sort of under 18 raves, whatever a rave is, but that's how they're described, uh, that look a lot like this. So that's what he does on the weekends. This is what Padre DJ did, you'll remember, at World Youth. They will play just a couple seconds of this. Now stop the tape. Stop the tape. Keep keeping in mind now. Keeping in mind. This should be because I know. I know when you're when you're an older guy and you're talking about this stuff, the the temptation is just dismiss him. He doesn't get it. He doesn't understand what's going on here. You know, this is what the kids like or whatever. But I think objectively speaking, we can see the problem here. Keeping in mind that these are successors of the apostles. What are we to make of this little Salome here? who shows absolutely no respect at all to the princes of the church, apparently as part of the show. Ch check her out. Now, now, look at this. I mean, you can see she, she's almost bumping into fully vested princes of the church. And, and they, in turn, are sort of stepping out of her way as she rides about, midriff showing, you know, <laughs> sort of like a seductive, almost a striptease, right? And then, then little Salome even gets a big hug from the <clears throat> ultra Christus up there spinning the platters. And what he's doing here, this priest, Father DJ, I couldn't believe this. This is just moments before mass. He's preparing the youth for the Pope's mass up there at that altar that looks like something right out of Star Trek. Now what's going on here? It looks pretty demonic, doesn't it? If you're a 14 year old kid, hormones racing and this, this creature's dancing around, writhing around like this up there on the stage in front of men who are supposed to be holy men we're looking out for the protection of the innocence of children. What do you think? What do you think the 14-year-old thinks there? What's the message? What's the takeaway? <laughs> and it's funny that you should mention demonic because here's Padre DJ just a few weeks before World Youth Day. Now, you see the the devil's horns, people dressed as witches, pagan symbolism, black and red occult imagery. If my if my 12-year-old were, were at this thing, I, I would be absolutely terrified. <laughs> and yet th this guy gets a golden invite from the Vatican to be at World Youth Day with the full blessing and approval of the Pope. Does that look 
Catholic to you at all? And does anything about this look Christian? Would you really want your children involved with a priest that's doing this? No. So why does Pope Francis have no problem with this? You see what I'm getting at? They're right in our faces with this stuff now, friends, with this demonic stuff. They're confronting us. They're sticking it right in the faces of parents, kids, priests of the world, good, faithful Christians. And in a few weeks, the same people that thought it was a good idea to bring in Padre DJ, well, they're going to kick off a synod on synodality that promises to change Catholicism forever to make it as woke as it can possibly be. And maybe at the synod they can bring in Padre DJ to play St. Peter's Basilica, because then we'd really be able to drive home the abomination of desolation standing in the holy place. It's actually going on here. So yeah, people are waking up because this is so blatant now. It's so obvious. In fact, <laughs> there's a new book out, you know, about the Synod. It warns about the revolutionary threat posed by the Synod on Synodalia. I'll just throw it up on the screen here. And the foreword for this book was written by Cardinal Raymond Burke, right? And Cardinal Burke in that foreword warns that the Synod on Synodality, get this, the Pandora's box is, quote, inflicting grave harm on the mystical body of Christ. I'm going to say it again. The thing that Francis has been preparing for a couple years now, that's going to go on until 2024, permanently change the Catholic Church forever, is, according to one of the princes of the church, inflicting grave harm on the mystical body of Christ. Now, what do you, what do you make of that? This is the same synod that Cardinal Muller called a hostile takeover of the Catholic Church. This is the same synod that the late Cardinal George Pell called tox a toxic nightmare. What do you think? What do you think's going on here? Gotta be careful not to criticize the Pope. Is that the only thing that comes to mind? Whatever he does, we must accept because he's the Pope. Does this sound reasonable to you? Does this sound like a religion that's based on faith and reason? <laughs> Whatever crazy nonsense happens in the Vatican, we're just going, yeah, absolutely, man. We accept it. We don't want to criticize the Pope. Who do you think you are? I mean, you're, more, you're more Catholic than the Pope? They can't resist the Pope. You see, I don't know about that. Because we, I'm going to talk about this tonight. We are getting messages from top princes of the church, successors of the apostles, who are looking right at us and they're saying, you need to resist this. This is evil. So it's really not up to us anymore. I think only an arrogant Catholic, in fact, looks at a Cardinal Muller who was never a traditionalist. He wasn't known as a Latin mass traditionalist guy, right? He was just the head of the CDF, the top theologian under Pope Benedict. And he says, this is a hostile takeover of the church. We need to resist it. And we say, not on your life, eminence. You see, who the heck are we to disagree with him on something like this? Who the heck are we to disagree with Cardinal Burke on something? A lot of these men are coming out, they're looking down at us and they're saying, guys, it's out of control. We're just going to go along with it? You know what G.K. Chesterton famously said, dead things go with the stream, right? And only living things go against it. Are, are we dead? 
do we have any part to play in this? Or are we just going to sit there and watch the church be torn down and destroyed right before our eyes? Because I have a feeling that maybe we would start swimming against the current, as in current thing, whatever it is, if we could somehow come to understand the power of one voice, the power of our voice, the power of the little boy who looks at the naked emperor and says, you're buck naked, pal. And everybody goes, oh, man, he is naked, right? We need to get back to this because there's too much of this idea. Well, who am I? I'm the only one. I don't have any power. I can't do it. Yes, you can. And we're going to talk about this tonight. In fact, we just published a whole article. I really, really hope this audience will click the link below. It's written by my good friend, Robert Morrison. It's in the, the current issue of The Remnant as well. It's a newspaper here, which again, I hope you subscribe to. But it's online right now as well, because it's so important. It's one of the most important articles I've read in a long time, because it explains what we're going through. It explains the psychological effect that's in play here right now, whether it's in the church or it's with COVID coming back or whatever, right? Ukraine, whatever we're, we're, we're forced to imbibe and accept because they told us to on TV. It all can be understood by recalling a, 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 a scientific experiment, a very famous scientific experiment from the late 1950s called, called the Ash Conformity Experiment. The experiment you'll be taking part in today involves the perception of lengths of lines. As you can see here, I have a number of cards, and on each card there are several lines. Your task is a very simple one. You're to look at the line on the left and determine which of the three lines on the right is equal to it in length. All right, we'll proceed in this order. You'll give your answer. Only one of the people in the group is a real subject, the fifth person with the white t-shirt. The others are confederates of the experimenter and have been told to give wrong answers on some of the trials. The experiment begins uneventfully as subjects give their judgments. Two, 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 three. But on the third trial, something happens. Two. 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 Uh, two. The subject denies the evidence of his own eyes and yields to group influence. They must be right. There are four of them and one of me. One. YouTube, for example, big tech. They certainly understand this. They understand the power of group think and how important it is to isolate and cancel anybody, any truth teller, right? They're canceling us right now. Why? Because a couple of years ago, we did a piece on Davos before most people had ever even heard of the World Economic Forum that now has reached 50 million people. I don't know how many views that thing has, but I think it actually did serve to wake up a lot of people. And wouldn't it be something if each of us had the confidence in the power of our own voice to bring about change that evidently YouTube has? They're terrified. They believe in the power that we have to fight back. Why don't we? <laughs> and we really, really need to get this in our heads. We can't go along again, right? Because you know, now they say COVID's coming back in the fall. Here comes COVID again. <laughs> and the planet's burning up, by the way. It's burning up. We only have 10 years left. Six-month-old babies, they need to get jabbed. Donald Trump is a fascist dictator who's going to make Hitler look like Shirley Temple. Ugh, freak out. So we all continue to respond and react exactly as we're told to respond and react until it's too late. Two. 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 Uh, two.
well, you're not buying this, right? You're not buying what they're saying, are you? I don't think most of you are. I think many, many people are waking up. Remember that experiment, the experiment, the Ash experiment, the, the guy, trial, the poor subject of the, of, the, of the thing, he's just going along, disbelieving his own eyes constantly until there's one other person who's been planted who also identifies the correct line, right? And that gives him courage. And now he speaks up and we've all felt this. You see one guy pull the mask off, you're doing it too, right? That's what they're, they're afraid of, that many of us are gonna speak up and many of us are not gonna comply. The problem is millions, we're in the minority, believe me, because millions are believing all of this and they know it. Why? Because when they stop believing in God, it means they'll believe not in nothing, but in anything, to paraphrase again Chesterton. They believe in anything. The mob will believe in absolutely anything today. No matter how idiotic it is, no matter how anti-science it is, it doesn't matter. Bill Gates plans to help tackle cow burps and gas. Mm, you heard that right. They're going to believe anything. And that's how, that's the jet fuel of this revolution. That's how they're going to take down our country and our church when we gullibly go along with what they're saying. So we need to break it, right? We need to break out of the groupthink. <laughs> we need to ignore them. We need to choose the correct line of the three, no matter what everybody else is saying. And you can see, we see it all the time when somebody finally has the guts to do it. My gosh, they can make a difference. Oliver Anthony, do you know who he is? Is this, is this even his name, Walter? I don't even know if that's his real name it's or his stage, name. stage name. Yeah. I, don't ever, I had never heard of him before. I'm sure all of you now have heard of him because two weeks ago, he was an obscure musician living in Virginia. Today, he's an international sensation because he chose the right line of the three. And this is what that looked like for him. Now follow me on this, this obscure guy recording a song off by his deer stand with his dogs in the woods. A <laughs> hundred million views, an overnight sensation. This guy lives in a $750 camper that he bought off Craigslist. He dropped out of high school at 17. He worked multiple plant jobs in North Carolina. He struggles with alcoholism, right? He's a nobody. But he spoke out and he spoke from the heart and a hundred million people heard his message because you know what? They already agreed with him. They were just afraid to be the only one to admit it. And he's got a powerful message. He admits to praying to God to help him overcome his alcoholism. He posted this on Facebook. He said, when are we going to fight for what is right again? Just like those once wandering in the desert, we have lost our way from God and have let false idols distract and divide us. <laughs> He's absolutely right, isn't he? Whereas our society, even when I was a child, sought to be in compliance with God's law, we have become a collective of individuals who spend every waking moment trying to comply with an idiotic and godless mob <laughs> as represented by morons on TV. God is dead. Okay. 
Do what everyone else is doing. Are you gonna kill grandma with your COVID? Oh, okay. <laughs> Get an EV or are you gonna kill the planet? Okay. That's what's happening to us right now. <gasps> COVID's coming back in the fall. And you think, not again, man. Nope, not gonna do it. I just had a trip down to Virginia. I saw masks all over the place. They're not even required yet. <laughs> Restaurants, they're masked up again. They're getting ready. And governments are buying millions of mRNA vaccines at the moment. Did you know that? The CDC is telling us that every American over six months needs to get vaccinated. Little babies need to get vaccinated. <laughs> okay because that'll keep me safe. In the United States, they're still recommending a primary course of vaccines for everyone aged over six months. Unbelievable. Yeah. The godless mob will fall for anything now. So the ASH experiment, again, shows that if you have just one other person who speaks the truth, people are going to be apt, are going, are apt to follow suit. Whether it's just one singer with a guitar <laughs> and a couple of dogs, one kid with a crucifix in Poland, one priest who will not comply. Friends, they're rounding up the Christians again, right? They're rounding up the Christians, and everybody with a brain can see this is all about Christ. It's all about the war on Christ, and everybody can see this who's paying attention. The twisted, parasitic, zombie ideology of inclusivity, tolerance, and diversity is inclusive and tolerant of all manner of things, right enough, except the lives and Christian faith that underpinned these islands for 2,000 years. Be caught professing that Christian faith, wearing a cross maybe, or otherwise making plain belief in Jesus Christ, among all the other faiths determinedly tolerated, and prepare to be mocked, ridiculed, and all but excluded from so-called liberal society. I've no problem, not at all and quite the contrary, with any and all who declare love of God. But I have a big problem with those in our establishment who would make trouble only for Christians. In the church, I want to call it the Vigano effect, after our friend Cardinal Carlo Maria Vigano, a guy who was, you know, nuncio under Benedict. He was at the U.S. nuncio for the Vatican just a few years ago. He was not a traditional Catholic at all, right? But he went through an awakening, like a lot of people are right now. And that awakening, as you further, as, as the scales fall from your eyes, you realize it's much more serious than resisting Francis. Francis was predictable. Francis was inevitable. Francis isn't that smart. Right? He's not the mover and shaker. He's not the ramrod of any of this. <laughs> He's the catalyst, yeah. So when good men start peeling back the Francis onion, they realize it goes back a lot further, right? It goes back to the council, Vatican II. We did, a, we did a piece on Vatican II a couple of weeks ago. It's got, what, 250,000 views because people didn't realize what happened and they watched this thing and it was new to them. Oh my gosh, I understand Francis now. I'm looking at Vatican II and I understand how we got to Francis. Pope John XXIII in his opening remarks at Vatican II talks about the Merce, Church of Mercy, right? It's all part of the same patterns, the same revolution, right? And, and lots of men, whether it's Vigano or, or Bishop Strickland in Tyler, Texas, they're, they're realizing it goes back to the council, it goes back to the new mass, it goes back to the, to the war, the campaign waged against the social kingship of Jesus Christ by modernists and secret societies and Freemasons for centuries, friends. That's where we find ourselves in the middle of right now. And that's why it's going to be a long haul. And we got to brace for that. We got to get ready for the long fight here.
but there are signs of hope. And I want to share that with you. And part of that is this Vigano effect. What we see, see happening now at the highest levels in the church today is precisely what Catholic pioneer traditional Catholics were warning against 50 years ago. You see, it was never about liturgical preferences. It was never about just the Latin Mass. It was never about pretty smelling incense and wonderful vestments. That wasn't it. It was about war having been declared on God Almighty. War declared on the church of Jesus Christ. War on the Mass. War on the kingship of Jesus Christ, don't you see? So when somebody like Archbishop Vigano confronts Francis, when he did over, over Cardinal McCarrick and the sex scandal and all of that, that was just the first skin of the onion. Is that what it is? It is a skin, you peel back the skin, I don't know what it's called. Yeah, but peeling the onion, first layer. Ever since then, and I'm not just talking about Vigano, there's been, there's been a number of bishops, priests, even cardinals, who've been peeling it back and they're going back and they're going, uh-oh. This looks like it has roots uh, a lot farther back than Francis in the Council, in the Mass, in the, in the modernist revolution that, according to Pius X, was already happening at the turn of the last century, 1904, 1907. He's warning, right? So we've always said that Vatican II is the coming out party of the modernists. It's not the beginning. It's the coming out party. <laughs> so this, this Vigano effect, this is, this is the awakening that we all need if we want to survive. And I'm talking about priests, lay people, all of us need to look further now. Now that we can see something's really wrong, you got to find out how it got, how we got here, how it started. If we want to survive what's coming. And what's coming is going to be quite terrifying. You know, we need to remove the blindfold and embrace that which the enemies of the cross have sought to destroy for 500 years, the traditional faith of our fathers. That's what they're trying to destroy. That's what we need to go back to so we can arm ourselves to continue the fight, to win the war, which we will do in God's good time <laughs> if we stay faithful to, our, to the faith of our fathers. And there are precedents, right? We think we're so special. No one's ever had to go through anything like this. I wonder what it was like to be standing in the Colosseum when they're killing St. Ignatius of Antioch or any, any of the young martyrs, feeding them to the lions. I wonder what it was like to keep the faith then. Ignatius of Antioch, he is clearly the target of Trajan's anger because he is arrested, brought to Rome to be executed by being fed to lions. If these people show disrespect to the emperor on the Roman state, that's sedition. And for that, they should be killed. Public executions were supposed to teach a lesson to those who witnessed them. The fate of Christians who persisted in their belief was a capital offense. It was a death penalty offense. Dear Lord, protect our brother Ignatius from those who would do evil to him. Amen. And you see that? Clans of Christians uniting their arms, praying in the Colosseum, right? That's what this war was then, and that's what it is all, all about now. Keeping the faith, continuing to follow Jesus Christ, no matter what the political powers, the pressures that they bring to bear against us. And I told you there's going to be hopeful news, because there is a lot of hopeful news, wonderful news. There are, the, the awakening is happening everywhere. Bishop Joseph Strickland of Tyler, Texas, God bless him, he just wrote a pastoral letter in which he urges his flock, that's all of us, to remain unabashedly and truly Catholic, no matter what the synod on synodality says. 
In the months ahead, we must hold fast to the truth and be wary of any attempts to present an alternative to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Some will label as schismatics those who disagree with the changes being proposed by the Synod on Synodality. Be assured, says Bishop Strickland, however, that those who would propose changes are the true schismatics. I urge you, my sons and daughters in Christ, to make sure you stand firmly upon the Catholic faith of the ages. Amen. God bless you, Bishop Strickland. You're a godsend, literally. And this is all the traditional Catholics have been saying all along. It's all they've been saying. Stand firm with the faith of the ages, the Catholic faith of the ages. God, friends, God is not dead. God is with us. Alexander Solzhenitsyn, what, he went into the gulag, right? He was an atheist. He was a political prisoner. But it was in the darkness of the gulag that he found the Lumen Christi, that he found God, right? It was God that gave him the hope and the will to fight, to stay alive, to believe, and ultimately to survive and leave the gulag and to continue to fight for God. You see, what they want to do to us right now, and that's why it's my firm conviction that opposing what's happening in the Vatican is the most important thing anyone on the face of the earth can do right now, right? Because the faith is what's going to see us through this. They want to take God away from us right now. Our friends, the lunatics of Davos over there at the World Economic Forum, the United Nations, God doesn't matter to them. He doesn't exist. He's dead. And Francis doesn't seem to have any serious objection to what they're doing. In fact, he's partnering with them. And here's the thing, friends, God forbid if we have to go into the gulag <laughs> thinking that God is dead, we're never going to get out. We're never going to get out. So nothing matters more than keeping that faith, the old faith of our fathers. For 50 years, the traditional Catholics have been wandering in the desert, just waiting for a sign from God that the church is rising again. That sign is happening, right? We're getting that sign. It's happening right now with millions waking up, true shepherds raising their staffs against the wolves, defending the sheep again. Don't you see? And there's going to be more and more and more of them. Any shepherd who has kept the faith is going to see what's going to happen over the next year, and they're going to raise their staffs, and they're going to defend the sheep because the alternative is total apostasy. And many of them are not ready for that. Many of them are good men with Catholic hearts. Pray for them, get ready to embrace them because they are going to stand with us. And what we have to do is continue to do what we're doing. Don't give up the fight, don't leave the church. Don't go start your own church. Understand the diabolical disorientation that affects us all and then speak out. Fight, stand up and fight, resist, pray, and oppose the enemies of the cross with everything you've got. I don't care where you are, how small you think you are. Use every waking moment to reaffirm the truth, to tell the stories of the truth of our past, to share it with your children and grandchildren, to make sure that light of the faith gets through this darkness and comes out the other side and blossoms into another Christendom. That's our job. And it's gonna get easier, friends. Everything is about to get very clear, thanks to Francis. Very, very clear. As I say, traditional Catholics, I don't know. I think it's just gonna be Catholics real soon and everyone's gonna know what that means, people who have kept the faith. The battle lines are drawn, they're easy to see, the war is on. And this is the message I wanna leave with you, the parting message, 
every time. We got to remember this, no matter what happens at the Synod, the revolution has failed. We beat them because by the grace of God, we still believe. We're still here. We're still ready to fight, friends. And that's all that matters. So whatever happens at the Synod, grab your beads and together, let's give them hell.